This was a tale that told itself simply and well. No more, no less. I love the book. It's brilliant. It's, it's amazing to read. But you have to be a reader to really appreciate. I read the book a few times. Jordy Williamson is the Chief Literary Critic at The Australian and it was his idea to put science fiction and fantasy as the theme for this month's book club. Uh, Jordy, it's been it's gone like a rocket ship, which is kind of appropriate, really. Well, when we spoke about uh, the George R. R. Martin series a few weeks back, remember the, 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 the sort of phones lit up like Christmas trees. So um, I suspected we would be on a winner and it's obvious that these particular genres have their partisans and their fans and they are vocal and that's brilliant. Now one three hundred triple two seven oh two if you've got something to share, an author that you love, a particular book that you love. Um Geordie, the top ten list for the readers list, um, the one that scored the most votes was Terry Pratchett. Well, I mean I think this is cheating a bit because <laughs> I don't know how many novels Terry Patchett has actually published, but it must be in the scores. So um, if if he just got one vote for every book, I'm sure he'd win anyway. Um, but he is wonderful, and he has an enormous constituency. But um, looking down that list, I see I see a lot of great classics and a few that I've included on my own list. Um, and it seems to be a remarkably stable canon of the best books of sci-fi and fantasy. Now, the number here is 1300 and your thoughts, it would be great to include them. Um, Teresa, good morning. Oh, good morning, Deborah. So when you plunge into the world of science fiction and fantasy, which pool are you in? I'm not really a fantasy reader. I have to admit that but I have come across a really terrific fantasy book. So it's won me over to fantasy. What is it? It's called Trail of Deceit, and it's in the bookshops in Sydney. I bought it at Miranda, and it's by Ken Enderby and Greg Rickard, and it's just such a terrific read. Is it? In, yes. What makes it a cracking read? What is it about the book? Well, it has magic which is the thing that always worries me about fantasy because it can, it can solve every problem in a way, but this magic has conditions on it. The magicians are not always the best magicians and, and it creates some of the humour and sometimes fantasy doesn't have a lot of humour and this book is quite funny as well. Isn't that true? The, the worst of, of this genre is very self-serious. Even yes. Tolkien gets a little bit kind of stare into his own navel. I hope don't come out with your Bernie pitchforks when I say that. <laughs> uh, Thank you very much, Therese. Fantastic. Okay. Fantastic. I'll, okay. add that. I'll add that to our list. Um, Carol, good morning to you. Hello. I'd like to nominate an old science fiction writer, yes. Ray Bradbury. Oh. Uh, he wrote a book called The Golden Apples of the Sun and many, many others. And his uh, imagination was just so creative. And his stories were mostly happy stories. And he used to be very popular a long while ago. I guess H.G. Wells was one of our first yes. uh, science fiction writers. And I wondered if there was anyone before him who did it, just well, out of curiosity. There, there were. for uh, There have been um, some science fiction works throughout the 19th century, often from France. Jules Verne is often credited as being um, a kind of proto-sci-fi writer. But they are there. Oh, and of course, and Frankenstein. I forgot that. Oh, Mary Shelley. Well, yes, we'll be talking about Frankenstein in just a little while. Because okay. actually, that's the top, I, that's the top of your list. Yes. That's my number one. 
I think that that's the the great progenitor novel of the genre. It's it's an absolutely brilliant book. I come back to it again and again. Mary, good morning to you. Oh, hi. Uh, yeah, look, I just wanted to throw one into the ring. Um, you know, often some writers who don't normally write in science fiction end up writing a corker of a book. And the one I really love and I think is one of the best science fiction books ever read is it's one called Sparrow by a woman called Mary Doria Russell. And it's just the most beautiful book about communication and how people interact. And I think often science fiction works best when it sticks to the people and not to the technology. That regularly pops up on some top 10 lists of um, uh, sci-fi by um, women authors, doesn't it? Now, when you said uh, authors who don't usually write in that area. Um, Is this a rare thing for her? She's not written any other science fiction novel that I'm aware of. She's written historical novels about Judaism and religion, but she's never written another book. Sorry, there was a sequel to it called Children of God, but it basically was the same book. It it started straight away after the the end of the, the last chapter in the first book. But, yeah, it's the only science fiction she's written. Thank you very much, Mary. That's a wonderful suggestion. Tim, good morning to you. Good morning. Now, you've journeyed into a different realm, a different world. I was looking for um, a way to listen to talking books, um, well, on the cheap, and found a fantastic uh, collection of websites because it's more than one. The one that I listen to regularly is called Escape Pod. And uh, they put out a weekly short story in science fiction mode. But there's actually a fantasy website um, linked to that and a couple of other science fiction websites in the uh, mould of, you know, Asimov and, uh, you know, the um, true, you know, what I would call true science fiction, you know, with, uh, but there's all various uh, niches even within that, um, you know, um, category. Now, how so, good? How good are the readers? Absolutely fantastic, and you know they have professional. Sometimes they're professional readers. Sometimes it's the writer. Um, the one I like is called Mer Lafferty. She's the editor of the um, this particular um, you know podcast, and they've got a website, so you can just go on there and and just have a look at the stories as well. Fantastic. So it's called Escape Pod, and I'd highly recommend it. Yes. Oh, That's what that. Julia Gillard wish she had. That's right. I'm sure she does. Maybe 20, we... 20 minutes a week, you can, everybody can have a little escape. Thank you so much, Tim. That's wonderful. Michael, good morning to you. Good morning. How are you? Good. This is a very old one. Good. Published in 1957. Whoa. The Black Cloud by Sir Fred Hoyle. He was an astronomer, wasn't he? He was an astrophysicist. Astrophysicist, I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't know that he wrote fiction as well. Oh, it was a wonderful book. Well, that's Quite brilliant. stunning. Yeah. Have to read it. I'm not going to kind of ruin it for anybody. They really have to read it. Oh, it, thank it's, you. Uh, it's a precursor to many ideas that have come around in uh, science fiction since then. And uh, quite a wonderful book. John, good morning. Good morning, Deborah. Good morning, Geordie. Morning. I think for a lot of people, the foundations for appreciating fantasy literature in particular uh, are laid down by fairy tales. And I think one book which sort of occupies the space between them is James Thurber's The Thirteen Clocks. Now, Thurber is not a a name I thought I'd hear this morning. Can you tell me about the book? 
Well, it's about um, a king and his daughter and the suitors who try to win her hand, and he always sets them impossible tasks so that they die. But um, he'd ask them as well, "Is there? what do you notice about my legs? Because he has a problem with his legs. And if they say one leg is shorter than the other, he kills them on the spot. <laughs> but if they say, because he's an overachiever, if they say, oh, one leg is longer than the other, he lets them live. <laughs> <laughs> and he basically sets them these impossible tasks. And it's the story of a prince who manages, of, of a, a suitor who manages to win through to the end. It's not what you'd think of, I think, in terms of, the fantasy genre, but I think it's an it was an important precursor to it. I think when you start talking about fantasy as a genre, you enter all kinds of problematic territory. Because I was on the train on the way here, thinking, why didn't we put Gulliver's Travels in? Yeah. Why not Menopean satire, which which you know deals with these kind of fantastic events and which has been throughout the history of literature, a, you know, a, a bubbling stream. So yes, I think maybe we're being a bit restrictive. Thank you for opening it up. That's okay. Thank you very much, John. Bye-bye. Kath, good morning. Oh, good morning, Deborah. Good morning, Geordie. Good morning. I was um, I was driving along listening, and I'm not even sure that John Wyndham's Chockey is science fiction or fantasy listening now, but um, I was absolutely struck by that when I read it as a child and reread it over the last few years as an adult, and it still has that ability to, to disquiet, and I just think it's a fabulous book. Thank you very much. Now, the number here is 1300 I think that there's these wonderful individual books that Kath's referred to there. But the other thing that you see are the series, Geordie. The number here is 1300-222-702. Have you immersed yourself in a whole world of literature that's just drawn you in from one book to the next? I would love to hear about great series that you've read. Now, Peter, good morning to you. Whoops, Peter, are you there? He should be there. Don't know where Peter is. That's a funny old thing. Um, let's try Tony. G'day, Tony. Oh, good morning, Deborah. Good morning, Geordie. Morning. The I guess uh, look, my top three are probably. Uh, I'm sure other people might have mentioned them, but uh, definitely Day of the Triffids by John Wyndham. Yes. Uh, Time Machine by G. Wells, and uh, probably my favourite Brave New World by Aldous Axley. Oh, is that science fiction though? It it seems to too, too yes yeah, too fact. real. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, it's interesting, isn't it, that uh, uh, the bre- between the the two sort of those two sort of uh, apocalyptic novels, at nineteen eighty four and and Brave New World. I think Brave New World is actually truer. To, even though it was written much earlier. And than, you know than, what, Tony, that's actually not featured on either the top ten books yeah. that we've listed as the, as the, as the readers' that's votes so far. a terrible oversight. And, so, surprising, actually. And it's, and it's not on Geordie's list either. Really? Uh, I find that very surprising. Actually, what, one more to mention is actually uh, Fred Oil. Somebody mentioned Fred Oil, but he's probably written the best alien encounter and probably most realistic alien encounter book, uh, uh, A for Andromeda which I would, I, would, I would count that as one of the top ten, really. How do you know it feels realistic? Well, realistic because I think it's realistic in the sense that it's not about sort of green aliens coming, you know, coming down on flying saucers. It's actually, uh, I don't want to spoil the plot for anybody, but the, the, the fact that uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a transmission from another galaxy which, uh, which we pick up on Earth and... 
again, I don't want to spoil the plot for anybody, but uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's, that's what the encounter is about, the fact that we're picking up these radio signals, which then uh, become part of the plot in terms of, in terms of, in terms of the, the alien encounter. So, Tony, uh, thank a, you. No problem. So you have a good day. Bye-bye. You too. Thank you very much. Um, Bronwyn? Hi. How are you, Deb? Good. Jordy. Um, I, I, it's a long time ago since I read them, but Black Trillium, um, that was written by three women, Marion Zimmer Bradley, Andre Norton and Julian May, and then Julian May went on to write other books in the series. Isn't that interesting? That's the second collaboration that's been suggested today. The earlier one was Teresa's suggestion, um, which was by... Um, Rebecca, I what the two names were now that she mentioned. It's silly me. But anyway, is collaboration common in this genre? Well, I mean, yes. And But what you've got to say, that's a super group. Uh, Marion Zimmer yeah. Bradley's The Miss of Avalon is, is one oh, of the yeah. classics. And Julian May's um, uh, uh, novels are, are right up the top of my list as well. Should have been on my top ten. Completely forgot about them. Um, they're uh, a series she wrote uh, about about um, uh, renegades from a future sort of Earth who return to, um, through a gateway in time to Earth in its great infancy to discover that there were aliens who were already before us. I thought it was absolutely marvellous. Thank you very much, Bronwyn. That's okay. This list is too short, Geordie. We have got too many gaps in it. Jean, good morning to you. Oh, good morning. I'm um, um, an Asimov fan. Yes. Um, I also liked his short stories. Um, uh, I loved his Foundation series. Um, I uh, liked a lot of the themes he often used to run through a lot of his stuff, which was to do with overpopulation. Well, no, not overpopulation. Like, for example, um, he would talk about... Uh, the spaces versus, you know, the over-populated um, Earth, and he'd say that, and basically he lent to the fact that um, the populated Earth was a much better place, whereas the spaces became isolated and almost um, robotic, and um, uh, and he was basically suggesting that uh, we lost our humanity if we um, didn't um, maintain our relationships and things like this sort of thing, and that is actually a scene that t- often runs through um, science fiction, um, that it was important to re- maintain our humanity. Another that's... one that I love is Decision at Duna, and I cannot think of the author. Gorgeous little story, that one. Well, actually, that's a novel, yeah. Fantastic, but... and great observation there about the threads of humanity in these stories oh, as well. Very much so. It runs a lot through a lot of the sci-fi that I, I've read over the years. Thanks yeah. so much, Jean. Um, let's uh, find out what Martin reckons. G'day, Martin. No, Marilyn. Hello. Hello, Marilyn. Aren't I silly? I misread your name. That's okay. I'm sitting here listening and I'm thinking, no one's mentioned Anne McCaffrey. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. She wrote the books, the series about dragons, That's didn't she? right. Yes, they were very good. I remember reading those way, way back. Yeah. But I haven't revisited them in a long time. No, well, my um, son, when he was a teenager, was borrowing these books from the library. Now, and also Tolkien, The Lord of the Rings. And he got me into it with The Hobbit and then Tolkien and then Anne McCaffrey. And I haven't stopped reading fantasy since. I absolutely love the escapism of the novels, but I also like the fact it's good versus evil and good usually wins. Um, But I keep going back to series. I love Sarah Duncan. I love Terry Brooks. Um, I've read the Tad Williams, um, Julian May, yes, I've read him, <coughs> his Saga of the Exiles. Um, Ian Irvine is another one. He's an Australian author. Um, I've read his series. Um, I'm currently reading George R. Martin. 
Um, and I go back to the beginning when a new one comes in a series and I read the whole lot again and I keep finding <laughs> new things. That's fantastic. <laughs> it's a wonderful idea. Look, Marilyn, thank you very much. Yeah. It's a fantastic list. Um, Steve, good morning to you. Good morning. How are you? Pretty good, Steve. Now, you've returned to the top of our list, Terry Pratchett. Yeah. Geordie said that was getting off too light, just to sort of name the author. Have you got any which which book do you favour? Well, there's there's I, I forget how many. There's thirty or forty books in in the series of Discworld, and Discworld the Discworld series is basically a humorous fantasy uh, where he parodies life by setting things in the magical world that rides on the elephants on the back of the giant turtle. So the sort of old flat world myth. But this world, magic works. Uh, technology does to a certain extent. It's mostly magic. And he parodies Western society. I, I mean, the classic the classic joke I always think of Terry Pratchett uh, is in the Discworld series was one where he had the, the retro phrenologist. <laughs> now, phrenology is that 19th century belief that you could tell somebody's talents by the bumps on their head, which yes. is why there's a huge collection of skulls at the British Museum. His idea of a retrophrenologist is you decide what talents you want, you go and visit the man with the hammers and mallets, and he applies the appropriate talents. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, Steve, Steve, tell me what was the name of that book. I love that. Uh, that's in one of the, uh, the series, the Discworld series. It's, I think, it's one of the uh, men at arms okay. or guards. Guard. So, where but, should people uh, start with with Terry Pratchett then? If there was one book that was a good way in, what would you recommend? Well, it's it's the City Watch series is terrific. Uh, my favourite, though, among all of them, is one called Witches Abroad, about three crazy witches that go travelling off around uh, around the world but into foreign parts and trying to accommodate the foreign cultures. And it's, it's, that, is, that is terrific. Thank you very much. A wonderful recommendation, Steve. It's so appreciated. Um, the number here is 1300 222 and there's still time. Geordie Williamson is with me. He's Chief Literary Critic at The Australian, but also here as well. And the book club's in session. Sci-fi and fantasy is what we're talking about. Andrew, good morning to you. Good morning. So, Andrew, what's your suggestion? Well, I picked up a, um, a book because I was bored with... Um the real life stories and I thought I'll try a fantasy so I saw this book called The Wizard's First Rule and I went okay by Terry Goodchild so I read it and I just was totally entranced by this book and then realised that there's actually a series of 11 books so it took me about a year to get through it all <laughs> but it was oh, totally engrossing it was just both it was very dark but oh, just an enthralling journey Mm. Do you get the feeling that, that fantasy and sci-fi writers are actually harder working than, than other writers? Because they seem to be able to put out more material than, um, than pretty much anyone else. But I love the idea that you, you have uh, a world in which to enter over a long period of time. That's wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank, th- thanks very, very much, Andrew, for, for calling in this morning. Um, you. George, to you. George. Oh, don't know where George is. He wanted to suggest Dune. Well, you know, what's not to suggest? <laughs> the best-selling sci-fi novel of all time and, and the greatest. I mean, it really is quite a remarkable book. And Pauline? Yes, hello. G'day. I'm, I'm, I fell in love with the Chronicles of Thomas Covenant 
all, I think, I don't know how many series there were, but there was, it was originally just a little trilogy. There were, there were two then, trilogies and he's in the middle of a third now, <laughs> which and, must add up to some thousands and thousands of pages. But it's an absolutely engrossing world and I love the, um, he's such a flawed hero. Uh, Isn't he a horrible man, really? Oh, he's ghastly. Which should explain for readers that he's he's a bitter, twisted writer. Well, what kind of writer isn't, as a writer posted (laughs) on my Facebook wall when I wrote about it, um, who has contracted, of all things, leprosy. And uh, he's been abandoned by his wife and family um, and knocks his head on the side of a table or something. I can't remember exactly what happens. Wakes up in another world and he doesn't (laughs) believe he's really there. But the other people in the other world, they just think he is the bee's knees. And, of course, it's the difference between his refusal to accept this reality in which he's healthy and powerful that, that gives it a real power. They're amazing books. Pauline, thank you. And that's a wonderful, wonderful one to add. Thanks so much for a fantastic book club meeting this time around. Geordie, thank you. Pleasure, Deb. Geordie Williamson, who's Chief Literary Critic at The Australian, but also here.